I'll tell you what, as John wrapped up the uh, locker room report, these games, I mean, seriously, if you have a medical condition, I almost advise you not to watch them because it's it's tough, man. It Your stress level, your your blood, star, your blood starts to boil. Every game is a fight like this. This is UTEP basketball. And you know what's funny? They've been on the short end of the stick so many times that they were due. My voice is shot just from yelling and screaming the last few days at these UTEP games. So I have nothing left. I mean, I'll be honest with you. It's the voice, you know, it's usually a little higher pitched. Not today. No, I can't. It's um, it's going to be deeper. I'm not going to be able to get as crazy as I used to because it'll my voice will crack. So I've got to keep it under control today. But oh, Adrian, Zay, I mean, the only reason today is not Groundhog Day. It's Martin Luther King Jr. Day, MLK Day is because they won this game. They didn't lose this game. But, oh, my God, that last offensive possession for Charlotte, they had so many chances. And then when Mario uh, McKinney misses the free throw and they get another opportunity, I'm just thinking, oh, man. And yet they survived, survived, and good for them because had Charlotte hit one of those long-range shots and beat him at the buzzer, like uh, what happened uh, in in Houston on Saturday against Rice, that would have been about the most demoralizing flight back to El Paso you could ever have. Right, and we said uh, at the start of this three-game swing, when the Miners first took on UTSA, when they went on the road to Rice and then faced off Charlotte, they needed at least two of, of these three victories. And I thought after that Rice loss... It was over. I, I thought just, you know, Miners, it was going to be tough for them to find that motivation to be resilient and go on the road in such a quick turnaround. I, I mean, think about that. From Houston to Charlotte, from Saturday to Monday, and it's not like it's a, an evening tip-off. It's an early game. So the Miners face off the 49ers today, and they were in a rut early on. They did not start off good whatsoever. Charlotte was on a 19-6 to start, Ugh. and then the Miners outscored them 27-8. to that first half resiliency then translated into the second half, and now you can kind of see, all right, this is it. This is what UTEP needed. UTEP needed to win a game in a late-game situation where they had the bat, their backs against the wall on the road. They needed a win like this, and uh, for the Miners who haven't had a lot of wins come their way, uh, I'm glad that they got this break. I am too. Uh, I'm also happy they only had nine turnovers, although 6 of 13 from the line. That's the other issue, is the free throws. Now, um, Rio missed four. He was six of ten. Tay Hardy missed three. He was 0 for three. Those are the only free throws they shot. Nobody else shot free throws. And by the way, since normally after a UTEP game, we go right to minor talk, why don't we just consider this a hybrid sports talk, minor talk edition right now? And let's, let's give our listeners, the opportunity to chime in on the phones exactly the way they would, Adrian, with you in minor talk after every basketball game. That sounds great, Steve. You know what? I was uh, very surprised Saturday. I thought minor fans were going to be completely checked out. I thought, it, you know, even after that UTSA game, we didn't get a lot of calls, and it was just not a lot of attention our way. 
after the Saturday loss, yeah. we took calls for about an hour and a half on uh, the uh, Rice-UTEP game. And I don't blame minor fans. They were upset. They were fired up. They had a lot of hot takes. We had people talking about Joe Golding as a head coach and questioning him already. We had some fans even checking out on head coach Joe Golding after the loss to Rice, yeah. where the UTEP team was at that point. They were 9-8. and eight. They, had, they were 2-4 and four in Conference USA. And let's be honest, at that point, they were close to the bottom of the league right there, along with FIU and UTSA. So for the Miners, they had their back against the wall. They went up against a quality Charlotte team, and they beat them on the road. That's that's a, a you know that's a step forward within this program in trying to get to a better place. It is. It absolutely is. Now another question, okay? Serious question. I'm not. I'm not joking around here. How many people do you think even knew UTEP was playing a basketball game this afternoon at 2 o'clock? Yeah, that's a really good point as well because uh, this was a weird swing. No, there's never uh, these Monday games. Those those games are very rare. Weekday games are rare to begin with, and they're tough to draw fans and to draw a crowd. But those Charlotte fans, they showed up. So if uh, people here in El Paso didn't know, uh, the, yep. the 49er fans out there for Charlotte, they definitely knew. Well, it was MLK Day. Okay, so I think because of MLK Day, that's why they, they played today. And, uh, you know, UTEP showed up in their Texas Western. By the way, nice touch. Nice touch wearing the white Texas Western uh, uniforms today in honor of MLK Day. Now, I wish that UTEP would get an orange set of Texas Western jerseys so that if they ever want to do this again and the uh, home team says, no, we're wearing the whites, then UTEP can go out and wear uh, the orange Texas Western. They're not only having to wear uh, the home white jerseys. That is also something that uh, I, I would really like to see. Because if you remember, when they beat Kentucky to win the 1966 National Championship, they didn't have on the home whites. They had on the road orange. So I would love to see as Adidas gets into the basketball, uh, you know, the jerseys for next year, I would love to see a white set and an orange set of Texas Western throwbacks for this team. That's that would be nice. Well, you know, in my opinion, I have I'm I'm starting to get some faith in Adidas. You know, I've seen some of their basketball uniforms, but I'm still on the fence. You know, you see UTSA's jersey and Rice jerseys. I'm not big fans of those. Listen, you have no choice. I mean they're not Nike anymore. They're going to Adidas. So just pray that, you know, Adidas is joining UTEP. They will give them opportunities to wear something that looks good and gets people excited. Let's let's just hope, right? We, I mean, they bid enough money on it. I don't think Nike bid at all. I mean, Nike was almost paying, UTEP was almost paying Nike to wear their jerseys as opposed to this situation where... Adidas will actually pay UTEP to wear their jersey. So understand, it's not like UTEP left Nike because um, they wanted to. They left them because Nike basically told UTEP, we don't care about you. We're not giving you replica jerseys to sell anywhere. Um, you know, we, we also are not really paying you. We're not paying you anything to wear our jerseys. You're paying us. And I think UTEP finally decided, well, we have to at least open this up for um, you know, proposals to see who else wants us. And that's when um, Adidas and Under Armour came through. And, and ultimately, UTEP chose Adidas uh, instead of uh, Nike next year.
Uh, regardless of the brand or the affiliation, I'll just highlight one thing. I loved the warm-ups that the players and the coaches had today, the black uh, Texas Western uh, shirts. They were yep. long sleeve shirts, and they said, inspired by, and it said, Willie Cager. Uh, well, it actually just said, it said, uh, Neville Shed Cager, Latin uh Flournoy, Artis, and Worsley. I love that look so much. Mm. I think it looks so nice, and that's a, a an exceptional touch to do for MLK Day. On the back, it also had some ha, had some really cool words as well. Good. They need to have that jersey up for or that shirt up for sale uh, because I think that would be an absolute hit. And I think fans would gobble that up. You're 100 percent right. Okay, let's get to the break. Uh, fours across the board. We've got lines open. You want to talk about UTEP's game today? 505-6009. Let's fill them up on a Monday afternoon. It's Sports Talk and 600 ESPN El Paso. Sports Talk. Two lines open. 505-6009. This is basically Sports Talk and Minor Talk combined. Because we normally do Minor Talk after every broadcast and Today just so happened to end during our show. So let's get the phones going. We'll do that right now. George, first up. Hey, George. Welcome to the program. How are you? What's up, Steve? I'm very pleasantly uh, surprised that the Miners pulled it off at, at Charlotte. It, it was a tough game. Uh, that ending was phenomenal. I mean, I'm glad the Miners were on the positive side. Yep. Uh, I think they needed that for, for confidence boost and you know, going forward, uh, all I expect is for, for them to go out and play like, you know, the way they did today. I mean, they, they showed a lot of grit, and, and uh, I think they're, they're on the path to something good. Listen, I hope so, because we've been through enough nail biters and, and uh, heartbreakers to last everybody more than, you know, a season's worth. So now, hopefully, this team will start to be on the, on, on the right end of the final score like they were today. I, I totally agree. I mean, uh, all you can hope for is the best. I mean, these these are young men, and, and uh, I mean, they're starting to to really blossom. Hopefully, come end of January, they'll they'll find their stride and and move forward from that. And hopefully, something great will come of it. But regardless of anything, I'm I'm a true faithful. Win or lose, I'm I'm their diehard. Uh, game after game is just something that I've always always been a a UTEP fan, no matter what, where win or lose, uh, back in the eighties, nineties, two thousands. I mean, I've, I've always followed UTEP sports. Uh, not as not as good as as my son, but you know, I've I've tried to follow it as, as best I can. There you go. There you go. Well, you're, I know your son. Listen, your son is a little bit of the exception to the rule. I get that, George. But hey, all I can tell you is this: FIU Thursday, FAU Saturday. These are two monster games, especially Saturday night. Saturday night, I mean, if there's ever a time to watch a team come into the building, nationally ranked FAU, that is going to be huge. UTEP really needs that home. They, they need that six-man in, in the gym on Saturday for sure. Well, I'll be there. Trust me, I'll be there. Awesome. That's for sure. I, I wouldn't miss it for the world. And right now I'm, I'm counting down for the, the Bucks and the Cowboys. That's another difficult task at hand for the Cowboys, but – I think they'll they'll be okay. I mean, I don't know what team's going to show up, but hopefully it, it's the one that that'll give us a, a win and a move on to uh, to the playoffs. So we'll see how it goes. Sounds great, George. Take care. Have a good rest of your Monday. All right. Thanks you for the got call. It, brother.
Yeah, I, I really hope that it's the good Cowboys, not the bad Cowboys. Adrian, if it's the Cowboys <laughs> that that you know looked so good this year, what they win thirteen games, the good Cowboys. Yeah, but the yeah. the bad Cowboys lost that last game against the Commanders and played awful in the process. That's right. I so. mean, Steve, it was such a crazy weekend of NFL wild card. I'm sure we're going to get into it, and uh, the Cowboys Bucks game caps it all off. Uh, I'm yeah. ready. I'm ready for it. We had a great weekend of football. Let's let's cap it off right. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. Uh, can't wait. Can't wait for hour number two of the show. Can't wait to, to get to more phone calls, uh, talking about the NFL, talking about the minors, uh, and the nail-biter again today. Just incredible and stuff. Uh, 505-6009 gets you through to the program. Hour number two coming up right after this. 600 ESPN El Paso. Here we go, everybody. Start of hour number two on Sports Talk, along with UTEP Zay, along with Adrian Broadus, Steve Kaplowitz with you. If you're just joining us, guess what happened today? UTEP played a basketball game, and they won, and it was a road game, and it's their first road win in a while. When was the last time UTEP had a road win? Great question. My best guess is in the Conference USA tournament last year. Does that count? No. Just kidding. I, that's not the last time. No. Last time they had a road win was, uh, yeah, it's got to be the end of Conference USA play last year at, uh, at Southern Miss, Saturday, February 19th. Oh, my God. It's their first road win in almost a year. That's sad. That's amazing is what that is. Well, they beat Charlotte today. And by the way, why was this significant? It's Charlotte's first Home loss of the season. Hasn't happened until today. Congratulations to the Miners. They're now 10-8. and eight. Charlotte's 12-6. and six. UTEP is 12-8. and It's 10-8. and eight. But UTEP could easily right now... They could be 15-3. and three. Should be 15-3. and three. I mean, it's the way it is. Um, considering Rice on Saturday... And, and how that game ended. To play 36 hours later. I'm sorry, 48 hours later. Because it was it was like a Saturday afternoon to a Monday afternoon. So 48 hours later. Um, at Charlotte. Against a good home team. I mean, they were right there the whole game. Uh, you know, here's the funny thing about UTEP. They're 10-8. and eight, But how many games... Have they really been blown out this season? Two. Texas and the game against New Mexico State. And DePaul. Oh, yeah, DePaul, too. That's true. That's true. Three. Three. Thank you. Three. Okay. So of the 18 games they've played, they've been blown out in three of them. And they've been um, right there with everyone else. And yet, you know, their record just... they, They just were not getting any breaks. None. Now... Today's game is interesting in the sense that they didn't turn the ball over very much. Nine times, which for UTEP is a big deal. Okay, big deal. But two guys shot free throws. One of them was 0 for 3. One of them was 6 for 10. So, and the one that was 6 for 10 had a chance to put the game away, but he missed the front end of the one-on-one. In fact, uh, Mario McKinney uh, Jr. had eight points. Everyone but one basket coming from the line. In case you missed the final uh, final moments, here's how it ended with John Teicher calling the action. McKinney, a left-hander. 
First one on its way. It was a one-and-one, and and he missed it. It was not a two-shot foul. 19 foul. Milicic now to Patterson. He throws one up, and he missed at the buzzer. The Miners have won their first game on the road this year and have dealt Charlotte their first home loss of the season. Final score from Halton Arena in Charlotte, North Carolina. The Miners, 60, and Charlotte, 58. Great call by the best, uh, John Teicher. And again, I don't know, number one, Adrian, how many of our regular listeners even knew there was a game today. If you're a UTEP fan, you you know because you've kept up. But you know this game was scheduled by Conference USA, that very very rare Monday afternoon game because of MLK Day, and uh, you know the Miners were they what they do every game. You know they're right there with their opposition. I don't think there's going to be too many games this season where UTEP is going to blow out anybody in Conference USA. I think they're all going to be tight. I think they're all going to be very much up in the air going into the final five minutes of the game. And the question is going to be, can the Miners start to um, be on the right side of the uh, of the final score instead of the wrong side? And maybe a win like this will make it a much happier charter flight home from Charlotte where now they can concentrate on just that. Well, you know, going back to your point on what Miners could be, you know, something like 15-3 and three, or have a way better record in Conference USA than they currently have. Right now they're 3-4 and four in Conference USA. They're 10-8 and eight overall. Um, if you look at this team just as a whole, you might be thinking to yourself that right now, just based off the record, they're, pro- they, they're probably underperforming, and that's just because of the late-game situations. If they close out games better, we're talking about a completely different team. And uh, you're, you're right, it's, it's a lot of the same thing that we see over over and over from this team. It's free throws that just don't go in. It's three-pointers that just simply don't go in. It's defense that gets them in these games, and despite allowing opponents to go on big runs, UTEP is able to go on their own runs and really hold on defensively in a strong way. But the biggest difference that we saw today, and I think that could change this entire season, I'm not kidding you at all, is the fact that UTEP went small. They developed a small man rotation. Kevin Kalu played a total of five minutes. Zarek Onyema played a total of three minutes. They went with Calvin Solomon at that five position at the true at the like fake center, stretch four center. Uh, and then they had a four-guard lineup pretty much the entire game. And, and I'd consider Otis Frazier a guard. He's, he's that kind of uh, combo, uh, small forward, shooting guard type of uh, backcourt player. And for this UTEP team, they changed their identity and their rotation to match their opponent. And for that, I, I give this coaching staff a ton of credit. I love the switch that they did. We saw what the small lineup did against Rice, and they stuck with it going against Charlotte in this game. According to Joe Golding, I'm going to play you the clip at the end of this game, okay? Because he gave an interview and and said uh, to the reporter after the game, the reason they went small was because um, Charlotte would not allow them to go big. It's what he said. I mean, they, you know, I, I don't think this was by design. I think this was just as a result to what Charlotte uh, did on their side. In fact. I want you to uh, listen to this because this was the ESPN Plus feed, okay? Not the, not our feed, but this was their their uh, sideline reporter who talked to Joe after the game, and that's one of the first things he said was going small because they could not go 
big that Charlotte would not allow them. So here you go. How did you get it done tonight? Yeah, obviously Charlotte's a really, really good team offensively. Um, we, we struggled at the start of the game. We were trying to play our bigs, and, and, and we just can't do it. You know, they, they exposed us and hit four quick threes and got up on us 14 or so, and then we just went small the rest of the way. And to be honest with you, we were just being creative, man. We haven't really gone small very much. We were drawing plays like in the on the court over there. Uh, so credit to our guys, man, for uh, uh, handling some adversity and figuring out a way to, to get back in the game. And then it was just uh, back and forth after that. So interesting the way he said that. Um, based on the start, hitting, and that was um, Hannah Brady uh, from the ESPN Plus team uh, that, that put the game on, but talking about the fact that their bigs were giving up so many alarming threes early, they you you can't stay in that, and they made the adjustment, and he even said they haven't done that, but they, they really kind of had no choice, and the interesting thing is going to be, as you said, because they went small, you know, certain teams like Charlotte, They'll probably be able to to do this, but I don't know if they're going to be able to do this against some of their other opposition that they're going to face in Conference USA. So you said it, turning point, but is it a one-game turning point, or is this going to be something that maybe we'll start to see more of? Well, I think it just gives you more variety if you're UTEP right now. You need just a, a variation in, in what you are doing with your lineup because the, the current lineup just didn't work, right? Having yeah. two big men close to each other like Zarek Onyema and Calvin Solomon or having Kevin Kalu alongside Jonathan Dos Anjos. I just, for me personally, I like how UTEP flows with their guards kind of running the court. And and I like when Mario McKinney, Shamar Givens, and Tay Hardy all share the floor together. And the only way to do that, in my opinion, is when you can get another small forward to help you out to be that kind of switchable guy. They played a lot of small ball against Rice. And Rice has Max Fiedler, who's six foot eleven. And I thought that, yeah. you know, from a lot of our responses on Minor Talk over the weekend, people liked the small ball lineup that UTEP uh, showed. Now, I knew know it was situational in this game, like uh, Joe Golding mentioned early on, but he stuck with it. That's the difference. Yep. He, he didn't abandon that small ball lineup. Zarek Onyema and, and Kevin Kalu didn't play a, another minute of the game. I'm not saying that's a good thing, but I'm saying you can use Kalu and Onyema at that five position to spell Solomon in the future, and maybe you just need one big man on the floor in certain stretches against different teams. Well, here's what's interesting, okay? They were out-rebounded 28-23 um, by Charlotte in this one, and uh, Kalu plays five minutes, Onyema plays three minutes, okay? And the big guy doesn't play at all. Hamilton Hamilton does not play at all. So you look at the way uh, the minutes were distributed today. 38 for Hardy, 36 for Givens, uh, 33 for Solomon. Those are their big three minutes wise. 26 for McKinney coming off the bench. And then you get 18 for Lemus, uh, 15 for Sibley, 16 for Frazier, 10 for Dos Anjos. They're your minutes. As far as rebounding goes... McKinney leads them in rebounds with seven, five for Solomon, and then you've got Givens with four, and a Hardy and Frazier each with three. Uh, Sibley did not have a rebound today. Um, Dos Anjos did not have a rebound today, and uh, neither did Kalu, but he only played five minutes. So that's the interesting thing is that when you go small, you're probably not going to out-rebound your opposition the way they could if they're big. But you said it. I mean, you've got to find a way to contest those threes. When Rice started getting hot 
and making three after three after three, it shot them back into the game and gave them that big lead that UTEP had to chip away with in the final two minutes of the basketball game. This time around, when the Miners got out of that big lineup, went small, they erased the deficit and uh, played a much more competitive game that gave them a chance to win. And we say small. I just feel like Calvin Solomon, who's six foot seven, he plays way bigger than his size. I, I know he's he's kind of all over the place at times. You know, you watch Calvin Solomon, you might be often frustrated in the decisions he ends up making. But I like his effort. I mean, you know, he's out there on the floor uh, recording four steals defensively. So that tells me that I cannot take Calvin Solomon out of the game because what he does defensively is a is a big plus for your team. You just wish that he can limit the turnovers. Uh, yep. You know, moving forward. Yep. Last game they play Zarek Onyema, uh, 17 minutes. They play Kevin Kalu, 11. So those big men get more time against Rice. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I kind of like that minutes distribution because at that point, you still gave Calvin Solomon his 23 minutes and you gave John- Jonathan Dos Anjos his 10 off the bench. Yep. And the end result is this time a W for UTEP, which they so needed. Um, King Eric tweets the show. Solid win for the Miners today. It seemed like the smothering defense bothered Charlotte all game long and finally hitting the clutch free throws, but giving up three offensive rebounds in one possession is such a scare. Overall, great W. And he's right. There was an opportunity late in the game for Charlotte before McKinney grabbed that rebound. Three great looks for Charlotte, including a three ball. So, I mean, and if one of those goes in, we could be talking about another uh, devastating loss for UTEP. Yeah. I mean, I, w- I was watching that game. I was like, there's no way. There's no way. Then they miss it. And I'm like, okay. And then there's another board. And there's another board. So even when R- Rio, you know, came down with that offensive rebound, I was like, did he travel? But thank goodness he was fouled. That was a messy stretch. And uh, I don't want to say UTEP got lucky because they played good defense. But still, I mean, you can't have three offensive rebounds in that final stretch of the game you're very that's that's correct you can't but they but that's what it's what's happened in this in this season they've you know again when you sacrifice size down low like they do and you don't have Kalu because Kalu is that guy that can grab some boards and, and and block out down you know down low and you go small this is the danger the danger is uh you know you're gonna give give up offensive rebounds and I'm trying to see and I have to look at the numbers here how many offensive rebounds um Charlotte had in the game. I think they had, okay, they only had six, and UTEP had five. But it felt like of those six, two of them were in that last stretch, that frantic stretch where they almost uh, tied the game or got the win. Yeah, they were very uh, opportune times where they got those offensive boards. The big thing is UTEP did not allow a lot of second chance points in this game. So again, I I just give a lot of props to this UTEP defense. I I think that it's been their identity since day one. It will continue to be their identity. Offensively, they're a mess. They're they're definitely a mess. There's no no doubt about it. But when things are rolling for this team, things look okay, and uh, it's just about UTEP trying to stay in these tight game situations no matter the opponent and trying to pull off a 50-50 win each time. Now my voice is totally shot today. I'm not going to lie to you. My voice is uh, it's it's definitely uh, had better times. Been coughing through the weekend and been battling some things since last week. Here's the good news. The good news is we have two people across the glass that have great voices, whose voices sound as um, as gorgeous as ever. It's it's they resonate. They're they're fine. So, um, 
you know, you're probably going to hear a lot more of Adrian and, and Zay than me today, although I'm going to be, you know, with you the whole time. Uh, it also means that we can get the phones going. And this is this is the beautiful thing, okay? When minor talk hits the air, it's nonstop calls. So as far as I'm concerned, if you want to talk uh, NFL playoffs, talk Cowboys tonight, we can do that. If you want to talk about Tyron Smith going into the portal, oh, I got a lot to say about that too. We can do that. But if you want to talk about the UTEP game today, we have, we have these three phone lines that are currently empty that we need to fill up. And if you ask me, I would love to keep these lines going the entire show. So here's the phone number, 505-6009. If you call that, you'll get into the program. We'd love to hear from you. Talk about the game today. Talk about the uh, story about Smith going back into the portal. He was there last year. UTEP takes him back. He has a 1,000-yard season, and now he's gone again. So we could talk about that. We can also uh, talk about the incredible games this weekend in the NFL. So many good football games, including uh, that wild game in Jacksonville, highlighting everything. We've got the Cowboys tonight. Will Dallas win and keep their season alive? Will they lose? And if so, will that also start a crazy set of uh, a crazy offseason in which they could uh, get rid of lots of personnel. So we could talk about that as well today. So we're with you till um, seven o'clock here on Sports Talk. Again, 505 6009. That's our telephone number. We'll come back with more right after Charlie One, who has uh, this traffic update for us. All right, back here on Sports Talk as we continue. Or this is minor talk as we continue. Although if it's minor talk, uh, Adrian will be the one welcoming you back to the show. Not me. Go ahead. Pretend we're doing minor talk. Go Presented ahead. by the Oscar Eddie at the agency with seven locations in El Paso from the west side of Fabens. Oh, Trust so my good. insurance expert. You're so good. Oscar Eddie at the... You are so good. You also have a new um, sense of uh, confidence now that you're married. You, it just sounds different from you. I don't know. There's, really? there's, there's a, wow. there's, there's a change coming, a metamorphosis. I, I noticed wow. that with you. I really, I've seen that. This That's is, uh, this is great news. Thanks, yeah, Steve. Thanks I like for noticing that. this. I like that. Now we got two callers ready to go. We've got uh, one line available, five zero five six zero zero nine here on Sports Talk, as we continue. All right, let's uh, welcome in right now Sarah to the program. I understand that uh, Sarah is essentially a VIP uh, caller on uh, Minor Talk. So, Sarah, welcome. Thanks for uh, giving us a ring today and uh, and sharing some time with us here on the program. How are you? Hey, I'm pretty good. I'm happy. Really happy about those minors. It's amazing what victories can do for somebody's day, right? That's that's the truth. Yeah, I was on the I was on the edge of my seat tonight. Um, that, that was just an awesome game, and I saw them playing together. Um, it, it's rewarding. It's extremely rewarding after last week. There's no doubt. Um, I, I can't even imagine. I mean, you're like everybody, right? Because these games are, are not uh, for the uh, the ill at heart. I mean, you have to be in really good health because sometimes <laughs> the stress of these games, Sarah, it's gonna take it's gonna take months or, or years off our life before it's all said and done. <laughs> you, are, you are exactly right. You are exactly right. I, 
I, I got some more um, fan. I, I, I'm a fan now of De Santos coming off of the bench and, and sinking those threes. And he only played 10 minutes. I am a super fan for him. And, and um, super, super fan for uh, Shamar Gibbons for um, handling the ball so well. You see how excited I'm getting. And, and um, Tay Hardy for shooting those threes and sinking them tonight. I, I just feel like we, we really turned the corner at this point. I really do. Sarah, you've been on Tay Hardy all year long. You've been a fan of his in a big way. This was his kind of, you know, standout game with 19 points to lead the minors. They really needed all of his game tonight. Yes, they did. And, and I'm glad that he started early. He didn't wait. He started shooting real early. Um, and he seemed like he got comfortable. Yeah. How did you like the move to go small, what we talked about before you called into the show? If you're talking and, um, about Khalifa, he had one foul the entire game. One. Yeah. And, and I, I, toward the end of the game, it, it just seemed like it got so unfair to me. And I, I try not to go in that direction and get negative, but it, it, it just seemed like he was just throwing our guys around under the basket, and they just were not calling it. But I, like I said, I, I don't like, I don't like to go in that direction and talk about the referee. No, don't worry. We that's 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 our job, Sarah. We'll go and rip on the referees for you. <laughs> we pulled it together tonight. We pulled it together. There you go. Small ball. ball worked for us tonight. I don't know how it's going to work against UAB, um, FAU, or you know, we, we're going to have to come up with a plan. No, but I'm just glad that they're playing together now. It just seems like they're they're trusting each other more. Well, it was a pleasure, pleasure watching that game tonight. I'll say this, Sarah. It's the middle of January, all right? It was a brand-new team when they started, really, in November. We knew it was going to take a little time. Um, and now, you know, if they can just trust trust each other down the stretch and have some balls bounce their way like it did today after what was such a, a brutal stretch of, of losing games in the final seconds the way we've seen it recently, uh, this is a basketball team that, you know, we hope will be playing their best of the season uh, heading into the conference tournament. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Yeah. Good job, Sarah. Enjoy the rest of your night. Have some fun tonight, all right? Okay. Happy MLK Day, and thank you guys for taking my call. And keep up the good work and working hard for the minors. Will do. Happy MLK Day to you, Sarah. Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. We appreciate it. By the way, I saw that uh, long sleeve Nike black T-shirt you were talking about for TWC. Yes, with uh, with with the, you know, it's just it, it kind of gives you gives you chills, gives you goosebumps. I love that, um, and I hope that UTEP sells that. I, I really figure, you know, again, there are certain things that they produce for the athletes that you'll say, man, if they sold those, and they could sell those for forty bucks a pop and sell out in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat.
no question about it. Those are the nicest, and I, no hyperbole, those are the nicest shirts I can remember over the last five years. And you want to know something? I'd take that exact same design. I'd make hoodies. Yes. I'd make, uh, I'd, I'd do long and short sleeve tees. Um, you could make polos. You could take that and do everything with it. So I hope they, I hope they go there. I love capitalizing off those names. Those names should be remembered for you by UTEP fans forever. I mean, those names yep. who helped UTEP win the 1966 national championship. Immortalize them. I love it. I agree with you. Let me go back to the phones. Uh, Al's uh, joining us next uh, here on Sports Talk as we hit the bottom of the hour. Uh, we'll get to Sports Center in just a moment. Al, thanks for waiting. How are you? I'm well, gentlemen. Uh, happy MLK Day. Happy MLK Day to you as well, Al. That's that's terrific. I uh, I, I first thing I want to ask is uh, it's more like business. Is Shamar's last name Givens or Javance? Givens. Givens. Okay, because I, I actually heard them announce it as Javance once or twice, which wouldn't surprise me because the dude's from Canada, right? So, you know, that's yes. a possibility. Unless they want to give him, they, they're trying to make him more French, but no, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, actually, it's actually Givens. Right on. Well, one of the things I wanted to, to mention was, uh, man, he's, he's doing great. I mean, at the beginning, I was kind of like, I was a little worried because he had a tendency to kind of dribble out of control, which, you know, I mean, it's, it, it, it can happen. I mean, he's going to be up into the trees, you know, yeah, and he's a yeah. smaller guy. And it is to his advantage if he can control it, but he's just been playing so well the last few games. And I think that's why we've even been in those games, to be honest, because we've lost some close ones, but if you've been watching since the beginning of the season – we also won a bunch of close ones, and some of those were against teams that are not nearly as good as the teams that we're playing now. It's true, and you play 36 minutes as a point guard and you don't turn the ball over once, that's, that's big time. Man, I, I mean, I'm excited about the future. Hopefully, you know, we can keep the guys here and intact, you know, another season. You know, obviously, you know, with, with Tyron Smith today yeah you know the the portal is just brutal for for mid-majors like ours and i think what's what's so sad about that is a lot of players that may have gotten overlooked in high school or in junior college let's say they get the chance to play at a mid-major like utep but they're gone in a year or two and eventually you know and and of course i hope this doesn't happen but it it hurts our program the most because we are the ones giving those guys chances. But after a while, the fan base just, you know, the fan base loses interest. I, I, I know I haven't, but other people I know that I've grown up with that have gone to the games for yeah, a long time, yeah. they don't go anymore, man. And, and, and I want them to, you know, I, I want them to go, but maybe they'll catch it on the radio or whatever, or they'll, oh, did you see who won? But the actual interest, going to every game and, and tailgating and all of that, it, it's tough when the guys are changing so often. I, I don't know. I, I know that you look at the big schools and they'll lose a, a few guys, but they often have lateral moves from other players from other big mm -hmm. programs or the mm -hmm. good players from program like ours. That's hard for us to, to maintain. So it's, it's unfortunate. And I don't want to call, you know, you don't want to call the players out. They're doing what's in their best interest. 
But in the long run, for other up-and-coming players, the guys that are four or five years down the line, you know, schools like UTEP may not be able to give them a chance later on, especially if we don't exist. Well, let me put it this way, all right? And, and I guess this is the first thing I'll say about, about all that. Um, first off, uh, Givens, just so you know, is a graduate. So this is his last year playing college basketball, all right? So he won't be back next year just because he has no eligibility left. So this is it for him. So they got to find a new point guard after this season. But I agree with you about him playing well. I, I really do. I think that's so true. As far as interest goes, listen, when you're not winning enough games to go to the postseason on a regular basis, uh, it is very difficult to keep your fan base intact. It just is, okay? When UTEP wins, um, fans are involved. They're interested because what happens is you have your core and then you pick up a bunch of uh, bandwagon fans that get excited because it's trendy, it's hot, it's the thing to go, it's the thing to be be seen at, thing to do. But when you're not winning, you're really left with just your uh, your core fans, your diehards, basically, is what it is. And for football and basketball, the last uh, forever years, it's it's just been like that. We've had some exceptions to the rule. We've had some years where it's been better, um, you know, than 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 recently. But it's it's tough. I mean, you got to win, and twenty games yeah. isn't just enough. You have to win. You have to yeah. win conference titles. You have to go to the NCAA tournament. You have to do it more than once. You have to turn a program into a winner. And I'll tell you something else, okay? With the transfer portal. You're going to see turnover all the time. You are. A lot of guys are going to have, when they have good seasons, they're going to cash out. That's going to be their chance to parlay their success here into uh, bigger opportunities elsewhere. And that's just the name of the game. And it's happening not just here. It's happening everywhere. You can't say that it's a UTEP thing. It is a college thing, okay? It is, it is, yeah. That is college sports these days. So what you got to hope is you've got good recruiters, a good system in place, and for football, I do hope to get a better NIL because, you know, I, I really believe the reason Tyron Smith is leaving is there is not an NIL in place for football to keep the better players that are doing well from leaving for uh, better opportunities and, and bigger NIL job paydays someplace else. And case in yeah. point, Jeremiah Byers. All right. I think uh, Jeremiah Byers got paid very handsomely to go to Florida State, <laughs> yeah. more money than he would ever get here at UTEP. So yeah. in that situation, that's just going to happen. So what you got to hope is you've got enough people in place to replenish the guys you lose and, uh, you know, next man up mentality because that that's just that's the harsh reality that is college sports. Yeah, you're, you're right. I just, you know, one thing that's tough as a fan, and, and I know it's kind of weird because social media is a different animal for sure, but for fans, I can't help it, man. Like, I'm a middle-aged dude, and I don't want to see them do better without me there. I don't know. Is that, like, a thing now? Is that, like, a, a new thing? We're supposed to be, like, happy when they leave for them? I, no, I no, but, like um, thing, but you can't. I mean, I'm not happy that Tyron Smith is doing it a second time. So, right? you know, there's, <laughs> I mean. terrible for us. But we can't really yeah. be, but but it can't really be surprised. I mean, yeah. you know, it's 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 it, here's the thing that's here's the thing that sucks. Okay, this is what sucks. Tyron Smith goes into the portal last year. It gets no interest. Yep. Asks to come back, and and Dana takes him, and then he has a thousand yard season, and he goes again. So it's like all you know. He never wanted he 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 used UTEP, which is fine yeah. because UTEP yeah. benefited from him. 
They, 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 right. they, you know, their offense moved the ball, but that's just the truth. I mean, you know, the idea of trying to thank UTEP again for a second time in, in the last two years is, is comical. It really is. The reality is if you don't have an NIL deal set up to pay guys like this who, who are going to yeah. be getting looks from other places, they're going to they're gonna take the money and run, and that's probably what Tyron mm-hmm. Smith is going to do this time. Yeah, I mean, that's in the end, I'm a sensitive dude, and I know that. So, yeah, it kind of hurts my feelings a little bit. You know, I don't wish any ill will on anybody, but I want I want my team to win. I watch mm-hmm. my team play. You know, I I could watch sports all day if I had the time, but I don't. So I watch my minors, and it and it I understand them leaving, but ultimately, I can't pretend like I'm happy about it. I know people are doing that, and I see them on social media because you know, of course, people can screenshot that and say, "Oh, you look at this," and judge it, but. I don't think people are being genuine when they say, oh, yeah, it's fine, and I wish them well. No, you you know, you don't want your ex to go on with another dude and <laughs> do better than you. You, you. you don't want anything bad to happen to them, but you wish they would stay. So I guess I'll just leave you guys with that. And one last thing, ESPN Plus keeps freezing. I don't know, it's kind of a pain, but putting it on, putting Teicher on, man, like, he's just the best good way to end the call thank you al i agree with you completely really do he is the best 39 passed as we continue here on sports talk adrian why don't we do this let's do a sports center right into the break and then we'll come back with more uh, uh minor talk slash sports talk it's more minor talk than sports talk let's be honest i mean you want to talk about the utep game i'd love to do that with you we could talk more about the Tyron Smith. I want to get Adrian's take. I want to get Zay's take on uh, Tyron's decision today to go uh, back into the portal again for the second time in as many years. We'll do that coming up. So stay with us. Uh, more in a moment. Sports Talk continues. It's 600 ESPN El Paso. So if that expectation was where he was at and that expectation was not met at UTEP, then how could you fault him? You, I'm not saying you have to root for him. I'm not saying that, you know, if this pisses you off and, and makes you really upset, mm-hmm. your feelings are valid. But just you, you could be respectful. I, I think that so many fans get upset and mad. They want to blame people, blame UTEP, blame the coaches, blame Tyron Smith. What, whatever you want to blame, it, it just is what it is. It's all college football, and uh, you don't necessarily have to root for them, but I, I just think you, you don't need to be disrespectful toward the player and say that you're never going to like uh, wish for success for those players. I guess the reason why for me, uh, Smith, uh, it, it, it feels different is because he did this last year, and when he didn't get the kind of interest he was hoping for, he asked to come back, and UTEP said, okay, we'll bring you back. And this time around, he has a breakout year. He gets a thousand plus yards receiving, and he does the exact same thing. So I think that if if it was just a regular player doing this off of a successful year, I wouldn't care. But because last year he was playing in the shadows of Cowing and Garrett, goes into the portal. Nobody cares. Nobody offers him. Comes back here and shines and does it again, that's why, to me, 
This one is a little different. They're definitely right. I understand that. I mean, Devon Cooper is the only other example I could think of for UTEP football. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you remember, that's one of UTEP's, uh, or Dana Dimmel's first receivers that a lot of people were really excited and fired up about. Uh, he came to UTEP uh, after spending time at Arizona, and people were excited. A Power 5 guy coming to UTEP. Yeah. And then he enters the portal. Well, he comes back. Uh, UTEP keeps him on the roster. They don't really play him that next year a lot, and then he ends up in the portal again. So I I think the, the lesson here is, and we should all learn it, right? If you hit the portal, don't let them come back. Like it's it's just a time for that relationship to be over. So in this case, you know, the girlfriend uh, said, "All right, well, I'll take you back. I'll take you back." But then kind of used the the you know the boyfriend in this case in this analogy, Tyron Smith using yeah. this situation, and he's going to catapult himself to a great offer and, and great opportunities elsewhere. Zay, what's your take? Uh, I agree with Adrian. To be honest, I mean, you can't really fault him. I understand that, hey, he entered last year, he came back, and it's kind of like he never really wanted to be here. But, hey, I'm pretty sure Tyron's at home kind of thinking, you know, I'm here at UTEP. I'm not getting compensated for nothing. I'm not, you know, you got to think about your future, right? Because, hey, Tyron Smith is a little guy. One hit, his career could be over. He has maybe a college degree, something. You you got to think, right? You got to get compensated in some way for, for, for the things that you do. Um, I understand if, A, you don't really care about what he does next because he left, but don't say, I don't want to see him succeed. I enjoy seeing guys like Sule Boom succeed, Keontae Kennedy succeed, Devon Cooper. I, I enjoy seeing them succeed. I mean, it, it's something cool to watch. Hey, they played for UTEP once upon a time, and now they're they're hooping it up somewhere else, yeah. and I, I'm, I'm happy to see that. I'll say this, okay? Um, I don't think he's going to get an opportunity to shine someplace else like he did here. I mean, he was the number one guy here, and he took the ball and ran with it. He thrived. Um, I don't know if he's going to get that someplace else. Um, I agree about NIL, which to me, again, this is more of a UTEP needs an NIL in place for football. They need to find a way to at least keep their core guys from shopping themselves around every year if they have a big season. Or even just basic necessities, right? Just mm-hmm. basic things, training mm-hmm. table, things like that. I'm with you. All right, let's go back to the phones. We've got uh, Milkman uh, joining us on the lines right now. Hey, Milkman, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, so originally I, I had intended to call just to you know congratulate the Miners on their road win in Charlotte. But I, I got to say, uh, this this kind of gets under my skin, this whole uh, – this. what have we had the transfer portal like? Has it been three years now? Is it – Yeah, uh, I mean, many, I would say many, that the, the transfer portal rules have loosened since the pandemic. So you can say that they are very yeah. loose rules for two years now. Yeah, I I I I, <laughs> I knew it was going to ruin college sports, and it every year it gets worse and worse. And it's I mean this this guy we're talking about he 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 went into the into the transfer portal. UTEP takes him back, and then now he's gonna because he does he actually does good this year. So now I guess he'll have interest, and so now he's he's leaving. Well, you know what? I mean, yeah, that's great. You know, he's out for himself, which apparently that's all college sports is now with the transfer portal. You know, that that's fine. But yes, I agree. Don't let these guys back on the team. If they if they pull themselves out in the transfer portal, don't let them back on the team. I mean, you certainly can't compare somebody doing this with like to me, Jacob Cowing, that was a that was a uh that was a good reason. He has a son in Arizona. Like I, I get that, you know, I can understand that kind of thing, but I mean, this, this, uh, uh, Terrence Smith, he's clearly just, you know, he's out for whatever he can get, which 
again, if that's what the goal of college sports is now, then fine. But college sports is being completely ruined by a stupid transfer portal. And I mean, I never hear any good news about it. it it's, it's ridiculous. Um, I don't know. I guess I'm just calling to, to vent, but I, I just, <laughs> I, every time I hear anything about the transfer portal, I'm like, oh, yep, there they are ruining college sports again. And I, I don't, under, I don't understand how a team like UTEP can even field a team now with the transfer portal. I, I don't get it. Like uh, I must be missing something. I, I don't, I don't understand how they can keep going like this. Yeah, it's it's really interesting, Milkman, because on one side, UTEP has capitalized off the transfer portal, whether it be uh, getting D1 recruits in football here and there sprinkled onto the roster who've been difference makers, a la Kobe Hilton is the most recent example. Or you look in basketball, if it wasn't for the transfer portal, what kind of team would they even have uh, this year? You know, you know, they needed the transfer portal to supplement all the losses True. they had last year. So it, it works both ways, right? Right? You 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 get frustrated as true. a fan that guys like Bryson Williams, guys like Sule Boom, guys like Jacob Cowing leave the program year after year. But conversely, they need the transfer portal to continue to supplement the losses that they have. Well, that's true. But if they didn't have the transfer portal with these guys leaving like that, you know, they they could at least build around those guys. But yeah, I mean, it's you know the chicken or the egg. It's you know what. What came first? But yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying that, you know, thank God it is there because they're certainly losing a lot of guys in the transporter. But, but I, I guess that's my point is that, you know, I, I can see how that might benefit a, a you know, a top tier um, team or a, a school that has a lot of money, right? But UTEP doesn't. I, you know, <laughs> I can't see them you know, not losing guys that, I mean, if, if a guy has one good season, he's just, yeah, well, he can shop himself around to, you know, the highest bidder or what, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, it just, it, it, it makes me crazy. I, I, I don't understand why they would have done this, I guess, because, you know, they want to look out for the athletes to give them the best shot. I guess that's what this was all about, but it, to me, it's completely ruining college sports and it's, it's ridiculous. Appreciate it, Milkman. Thanks for the phone call. Thanks for wrapping us up here on our second of three on the show. When we come back, we got the Cowboys right around the corner. Going to keep an eye on that game and uh, keep it uh, till 7 o'clock here on Sports Talk on an MLK edition of the program. It's 600 ESPN El Paso. Final hour of Sports Talk is underway. Along with Zay, along with Adrian, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. Such an interesting take, guys, on the Tyron Smith uh, departure. And I understand where you're coming from. I really do. I get it. But you want to know something that's even funnier? If UTEP was winning and uh, delivering, you know, big performances, championships, and and he was a thousand yard uh, receiver, I think he would not only be in the portal. But he would be getting much better opportunities because the program would be getting more recognition and uh, more pub off of it. So, you know, I, I don't necessarily think that um, a player leaves because they're not winning. I, I really don't. I think at this point in time, a player like this who shined with a thousand plus yards receiving and seven touchdowns last year is leaving because. He wants to get paid, and he knows he's not going to get paid at UTEP, at least not 
uh, like other schools and other student athletes. It's that's just the the reality of the situation. Um, I don't know if he's going to find um, a place to showcase his skills uh, and have bigger and better seasons than he had at UTEP. I would doubt it, but you know what? There are plenty of teams that need receivers. They're going to look at his numbers and they're going to see his production and they're going to watch his film and somebody's probably going to throw uh, six figures at him. That's, you know, the, the, the name of the game. And it's just funny the way I was listening to uh, Adrian and Zay talk last hour about how, you know, there's there's different sides to this. And, you know, they might have expectations from the university standpoint that, that they didn't live up to. And um, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, trust me, if UTEP had a better season, won a championship, and was given a lot more national recognition, then if these guys go into the portal – um, they're landing power five opportunities versus maybe other mid-majors that have more NIL dollars to spend. Yeah, I could see that totally. I could also see, you know, uh, there are a lot of factors that come into somebody's decision when it comes to transferring, and, and I think that's a very generic statement, but I'll just throw out an example. I know for a fact there was a, a very prominent uh, UTEP basketball player that had to get with his uh, family after the season was over to see what what was the best decision for his family? Yeah. And that sounds kind of weird, right? Like, oh, why, why, you know, your family does your what they do back at home. Why, why do you have to worry about them? But that's not the luxury of all of us, right? I mean, some of these players have other priorities at home, and some of them need to send money back home and ha- need to support their family financially back at home. I, I think that was made very public with a football player mm-hmm. in Jacob Cowing getting close to his son. Uh, that was also relationship based. You know, wanted to be very. Close close to his kid but you know these other players they have so many different people around them cousins friends relatives whomever who say hey if you go in the portal right now do you know how much money you can make and how much and how we're struggling right here you could really help us out here who wouldn't want to help their family out in that kind of situation so if we're going to give Jacob Cowing a pass because we know his situation I'd love to know some of the other players' situations so we can talk about their their past, you know, so to speak, as a player who transfers away. That's a good point. Um, you know, um, the hardest part is the two-time transfers. That's, that's the toughest part. It really is. Um, and when you take a guy back and they do it the following year after a big season, it just, to me leaves a bad taste in your mouth. It really does because it's like when they had no place to go after going back in, they, you took them, you gave them a chance, they come back, we'll take you. And then they they parlay that and go right back out the following year. It just doesn't feel right. Now, I'm not saying that UTEP deserves loyalty from Tyron Smith because they took him back when he had no place to go. I'm not saying that. But I just feel, uh, and, and I'm all about the student-athlete, okay? I know that there is no NIL money here at UTEP for football players right now. I'm, I'm aware of that, it's a, and it's a problem because unless you have NIL, uh, this is going to be a regular thing around here. The best players in this university are, are going to leave you. They're going to leave you for other opportunities, for other, for other NIL opportunities because let's be, let's be real for a second, okay? Tyron Smith is not going to be a 1,000-yard receiver at a Power 5 school. Never. 
No, we know that. But he could make a considerable amount of money. And if he's not going to the pros and uh, you know doesn't have a chance to play on Sundays like others do, then for him, he might say, you know what? My education's great, but I want to at least cash in on what everybody else around me is getting because um, I don't. Uh, I, I might not get this opportunity here soon. After that, right, and I might not get this opportunity to play professionally. I have to take advantage of playing this game while I have a chance now. At that point, and you know, okay, so th- th- when you take a step back and you just understand this UTEP football program, mm-hmm. this isn't an epidemic for them, and that's a good thing, right? So fans should understand that. Fans should understand that UTEP football is not losing the majority, the bulk of their top returning talent. They lost two players of what, maybe ten or eleven, who were all conference recognition. players. Players. So two of that, you know, maybe 10 or 11, whatever that mark was in Tyron Smith and Jeremiah Byers, that's not a lot when you think about the bigger picture. When you look all across Conference USA, you look around group of five schools, quarterbacks seem to change year after year. They, they always flip. They, they go to a different school, they catapult, and they go elsewhere. And for the majority of UTEP's football's roster, they've stayed intact, and that's a testament to who this team is. Now, the very scary part about this is, if more players look at what Jeremiah Byers got in terms of offers after being an all-conference standout, you hope that these current players don't think, well, what could I do? If if they offered Jeremiah Byers, who is a, a full-year starter at the right tackle position, what could I receive if I was a starter who entered the portal? And he had offers from Oklahoma, from Florida State, from all over the place in Power 5, and he was just a right tackle at UTEP, quote-unquote. Well... We know he was more than just a right tackle at UTEP because word got around that uh, Jeremiah Byers was uh, one of the best players in the conference, and all of a sudden, yeah, he's got uh, he's got a lot of value. He really does, and you can't blame him for that because I'm sure if you uh, found out the amount of money that Florida State took care of Byers with, it would probably make UTEP fans well say, you know, there's there's no chance, and because the truth is there is no chance. Now, I have often said that. Going after JUCO players is smart because you're taking guys that um, were passed up by other D1 schools in the past and or they didn't qualify with their grades. And because they're JUCO, they might not be as willing to leave after successful seasons as maybe players that you just recruit out of high school or get from other, from other Division I uh, schools through the portal. Right, that's a good point. And another thing is you don't have that bus rate um, that kind of de- like lowers the value of your recruiting, right? So if like you have a high school guy that everybody's excited about, like ev- everybody's really thrilled about, he's a three-star guy, four-star, whatever it is, and he just doesn't work out for whatever reason, well, then you kind of think, well, what's going on? You know, did they not get it right? Did they not get the right guy? Maybe they shouldn't go that route. But from the JUCO route, you can get an, a JUCO All-Conference guy. You can get somebody who's a JUCO All-American and not really take a huge risk on that person. And that's a, that's a good thing for UTEP. They've established great relationships in junior college. They just have to hope that their twos and threes are, are you know, as good or, you know, almost as good as some of their starters because that's the kind of operation they're going to have to run on the football side of things. Or they have to be more aggressive in the portal themselves. I like that. Yes, definitely. Because they haven't been. And when they've gone into the portal... Some of those players have really helped them. 
And you brought up Kobe Hilton. That's a great example. That is a name right there of someone who helped them uh, when they were in the portal. How about um, you know years ago when they when they were able to grab uh, from Oregon the uh, yeah AJ Hodgkins. AJ Hodgkins AJ AJ never had a chance at Oregon comes here and uh, and dominates. So the portal has been good to UTEP when they've used it. They just haven't used it very often. You know, it, it's also messy, right? There, we've talked about all the reasons why a player could leave. One of the other things that we haven't really talked about, and this is the messy part of the portal, what if a, a rival or even just a, an opponent opposing co- a coach called Tyron Smith you know, behind closed doors and said, hey, we have a spot for you. You're just the player we want. These are the kind of figures that you could be making if you went over here. How about you enter your name in the portal and we'll talk further. So, and that's really true. I, you know, I'm not saying that that happened in this case, but that happens all across college football. Yep. There's tampering that goes on, and I hate that kind of stuff. I'm with you on that one, too. All right, 13 past the hour. If you're just joining us from earlier today, the UTEP basketball team able to win that first road game in almost a year, beating Charlotte by two. What a game it was. It aired at 2 o'clock here on 600 ESPN El Paso with John Teicher calling the action uh, right down to the final seconds. In fact, UTEP was up by two. You had um, um, Rio, Mario McKinney Jr. at the line to shoot a one-and-one. Here's how it ended. McKinney, a left-hander. First one on its way. It was a one-and-one, and and he missed it. It was not a two-shot foul. 19 foul. Milicic now to Patterson. He throws one up, and he missed at the buzzer. The Miners have won their first game on the road this year and have dealt Charlotte their first home loss of the season. Final score from Halton Arena in Charlotte, North Carolina. The Miners, 60 and Charlotte, 58. Let's give out some awards right now, Adrian. What do you say, uh, since we've kind of morphed uh, sports talk into minor talk today, presented by the Oscar Adietta All-State Agency, let's start off first with our win supply of El Paso, hot hand of the game. This is a two-time uh, honor for this gentleman himself. He won it on Saturday. He's going to win it again today. Jonathan Dos Anjos, 10 points, 10 minutes, comes off and provides an instant spark off the bench. People constantly question, why isn't Dos Anjos getting more minutes? Why isn't he not being on the floor more? He still needs to recover from that knee injury that, that he suffered from the first game. And I think they're being very conservative with his minutes count. 10 minutes, 10 points, 2 steals, plus 7. Second most efficient player on UTEP. Very good game by Jonathan Dos Anjos. Home builders make Wind Supply of El Paso their trusted HVAC system supplier. And that's what it's all about, folks. Uh, they work with uh, so many great Great companies like Champion Heating and Cooling, along with Ream, Convair, Mastercool, uh, and many more. You want to learn more, you can go online to windsupplyelpaso.com. How about our uh, player of the game brought to you by Keith Southwest? You know, I wish I, we could give it to Shamar Givens. I thought he what he did late in this, the game really turned the game for the Miners, but we have to give it to Tay Hardy. 19 points to lead the Miners, 8 of 13 shooting. Great shooting performance by him. Three rebounds in this one, two steals, did it on the defensive side as well, and also hit a trio of threes that UTEP desperately needed. Uh, Tay Hardy uh, wins the player of the game again. You know what's amazing about Hardy today? Three of five from three-point land, 
0 of 3 from the line. I know. And that, that was all from that same one. And it yeah. looked like that was a, a weird mental funk. Uh, but I liked how he responded. So he misses those three free throws all in a row. Three, he gets fouled uh, from beyond the arc, misses all of them consecutively. And then on the next possession, hits a three-pointer. So he kind of redeemed himself in a way. I'm with you on that one. Keith Southwest are experts when it comes to the production of custom metal stamped components and sub-assemblies. In fact, you use them in so many everyday things. Uh, it, it's just, uh, it, it blows your mind, folks. But uh, Keats Southwest uh, and also uh, Keats uh, in Illinois and in Mexico. They have three locations uh, around the country and uh, around the world. You want to learn more, go to KeatsSW.com today. That's KeatsSW.com. Let's go to Charlie One. We'll get our first traffic update of the afternoon or the uh, 5 o'clock hour. Cowboys have kicked off with the Bucks. We'll update you on that as well as Sports Talk continues. Our friends X-1 with an oldie but a goodie. This is Reactor, one of the first songs we ever played from them. Love the fact that that's in our rotation. Hey, how about this? The Cowboys and Bucks have each had a series. We've played a minute and 25 seconds of this football game, and uh, both teams three and out and punting. You know what? For two teams that love to throw the football, maybe that shouldn't, right? Like, that should be probably both run first. Um, but both teams love to throw that football, and uh, as a result, you just get some quick incompletions and quick two series. Let's see if Dallas could do something here. I did not like that first drive by them at all. No, no, and the, and the Bucks was worse. Was both they were both bad, both bad, but uh, that's our score right now zero zero here uh, early on, and the Cowboys are playing. Yeah, I, I get that. I I really do. In fact, I saw this, which is so interesting, uh, Adrian. I would never have expected this email to come my way, but I received an email earlier this morning, and apparently there is a um, survey that uh, found that nearly 20% of NFL fans would leave their partner for Tom Brady. Wow, that's sad, Steve. Come on. Come on, people out there. Well, apparently. He's a good-looking uh, guy. I get it. And he's, but but if you, you really want to go through that diet process that he's going through? You uh, really want to be away from him all the time? And he never wants to be with you? You're going to see him, what, once, twice out of the month? Uh, I, listen, I don't, I don't doubt it. I don't. In fact, um, apparently... He was voted the most attractive NFL player in 27 out of 32 fan bases. Okay, but not surprising. Um, also, as the uh, as Dak Prescott is about to be sacked on third and seven, uh, back at his own 20 yard line, it is not looking good. It is ugly early for the Cowboys. Their defense, their offense is just uh, it, it's abysmal right now to start. It's not like that pass rush was great. I mean, Dak's just got to get rid of the ball. What, what's what's yep. going on? I would love to see that again to see what kind of coverage we saw there. Uh, with, with Dak, I, I just – look, the, the line is caving in that they brought in the pressure, but it's single-man coverage. You're looking at everybody. He's just not trusting his receivers and not getting the ball out. Uh, but, look, they bring the house there, Steve. They're, they're trying to get to Dak and pressure him, and it's obviously working. Yep. I mean, the Cowboys are uh, – now it's 4th and 15 after the sack. They're going to punt again and – Another three and out. Uh, it, it is ugly. Ugly. So we'll see. Uh, the Cowboys are going to have to try to turn it around early. And off the punt return, it looks like Tampa is going to be nearly uh, at their 40-yard line. So they're going to have good position to uh, start things off. The same study 
that found that nearly 20% of NFL fans would leave their partner for Tom Brady also revealed, Adrian, that Dallas Cowboy fans are the sexiest in the league with nearly one in five backing the fan base for the title. That is great. You know, I, I know some pretty attractive Cowboy fans. Um, uh, you know, Zay. Zay is over here. He's a, he's a good-looking kid. Uh, there's uh, Mike Tipton, good-looking guy. Um, all right, that, that's about it, Steve. I'm sorry. Boy, I was you, trying you. To... How about a female Cowboy fan? Uh, I can't think off the top of my head. No, anybody. you don't know any female Cowboy fans? I probably do, but I, I can't think uh, off the top of my head. Lisa was nice. She she was uh, with us last uh, last weekend. Carson and Lisa Ferris. There you go. That's right. Yeah, big she was a big fan. Cowboy fan. Um, the Chicago Bears are second behind the Cowboys for the sexiest fan base, followed by the Dolphins, Cardinals, Green Bay Packers, Baltimore Ravens, Atlanta Falcons, New York Giants, Tampa Bay Bucks, and Buffalo Bills. And by the way, this is the percentage of votes from rival NFL fan bases. So that's how they voted on this. Oh. They polled rival NFL fan bases. Okay, I, I like this. I think that we gotta we gotta compare this year after year to see if uh, anything changes. If we get uh, any more attractive people in certain areas. This is all from BonusFinder.com. They're the ones that uh, had the poll and came up with these so interesting numbers. They really did. BonusFinder.com. I uh, notice how they didn't say the Chargers because no one's a Charger no. fan. Jeez, let me tell you something. That that's. How do you survive that as a head coach? How do you survive blowing a 27-point lead to the Jags? Because uh, you don't have a lot of fans, and you don't have a lot of money as an ownership group, and you don't want to part ways or buy out a coach and then spend a lot of money on Sean Payton, even though that makes the most sense as a move for your organization. Uh, I think I've said it probably, probably since day one. I'm not a Staley fan, never been a Staley fan. Staley was with the Los Angeles Rams before, so he literally just switched sides at, at his tenant location at SoFi Stadium. Brandon Staley is a product of somebody who is just friends with Sean McVay, who worked under the McVay tree, who gets a pass for no reason whatsoever. What's the difference between Brandon Staley and Anthony Lynch, the previous head coach for the Los Angeles Chargers, who was fired abruptly after, what, his second or third year? Yep. Uh, I didn't like the handling of that. I don't like the handling of this. He should have been fired already, and the fact that he's not probably tells you that he'll stick around for at least another year. Brandon Staley has been they've been wanting him out since the season started. You have no they're so fed up with that guy. It is unbelievable. So I don't know how he survives after what happened. Yeah, I, I don't either, Steve. I feel like the decision to it started last week, right? With the decision to play Mike Williams, who'd already been hurt all week long and who had been hurt pretty much all season in and out of the lineup. Um with out Mike Williams in this game against the Jaguars, that really hurt them in goal line situations, uh, times when they just needed a play late in the game. They didn't have the bodies out there in the receiving corp. I just feel bad for just uh, Justin Herbert, guys like Joey Bosa, guys like Derwin James, like best players at those positions, or at least at the top of the tier at those position groups, and they just fall short every time. Like that image, the the if Staley gets fired tomorrow, the lasting image for me will be Joe. Joey Bosa slamming his helmet mm -hmm. down, mm -hmm. Staley coming up to him like he's a waiter, yeah. handing him a napkin that he dropped, and then Joey Bosa throwing back that helmet down. No respect for that head coach. Zero. Zero. So you're right. All right. Uh, bottom of the hour. 
uh, as we continue here on Sports Talk. Big third and five uh, for the Bucks on their second possession uh, from about their own 45-yard line. And uh, Brady nearly had it picked off off the deflection, so they're going to have to punt again. And uh, suddenly uh, we've got a, a good defensive battle here early on in this wild card football game. Bad quarterback play, bad offensive line play by both sides. We've seen a, a trend here on third down. Both defenses are sending the house. I, I'm with you. Uh, line ringing in. 505-6009 here on Sports Talk as we continue here into our final 30 minutes of our Monday edition with you. All right, more updates in a moment, but first let's get right back to Adrian and get this final Sports Center update. Adrian, thank you very much. Before we get to uh, to Ray, hey, I saw this also. Uh, Joe Chacon, you forgot me. Sexiest Cowboy fan right here. Hashtag just saying. Do me a favor. Uh, for for Joe's for Joe's sake, can you throw out uh, since he's watching the Cowboys right now at least six to ten of his hashtags because yes. he he's given us a lot of hashtags today. Um, my favorite, well, the, the my ones that I like are okay. Here I'll read some of those. Um, this one, Brock is my OG. That's something that he has on all of his tweets. Uh, he also has this one. Down goes the flag and its captain. I don't like that one, Joe. So I'm going to give you a three out of ten for trying to talk about Tom Brady. Uh, I do like the Cowboy Ink Crew because he keeps uh, Joe Chicago. A running joke on Minor Talk is he wants Sal to tweet out a photo of his Minor Ink. He's calling it the Minor Ink Crew. Um, and then I also like this one that says, time to get on the bandwagon. Steve doesn't like my hashtags. That's uh, one of the other hashtag group that I like from Joe Chacon. But uh, one thing that we do know from Joe is if we don't read his tweets, he'll remind us about them. So there you go. Thank you for uh, handling all those hashtags. Um, and, and thanks for handling a good chunk of the show in this uh, last uh, 90 minutes. I appreciate hey, thanks that. Thanks for making it, Steve. I, 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 you get the MVP award for making it, and your voice is actually getting progressively better, I think. Uh, no, I, I, fe- I feel like you probably don't feel that great, but uh, your voice doesn't sound uh, like it did at the start of the show. Here's the funny thing, okay? I actually feel okay. I felt really? worse last week when my voice was good. Um, it was just from... A lot of coughing over these last couple days, and I think I've coughed my voice right out of uh, out of whack. So it it uh, usually when this happens, it might take another three four days just to get the voice back to where it needs to be. So uh, this could be a much deeper deeper uh, version of me this whole week. I like it. Hey, we'll get a little uh, variety, a little cha- change uh, here from your usual tone. It's all Thank right. You. We'll, we'll, you, you know we'll, what else it means? We'll be fine. It means I'm not going to be yelling and screaming like usual. I'm going to be having to behave myself because I don't want to try to you know make it worse. So I've got to. I have to stay under control. That is hard to do. You have no I idea. I like that. You can't do the hot takes. You can't over no. overreact and get too excited. Can my voice will my voice will be out on me? All right. Let me go to a guy that has no trouble talking. In fact, he'll probably take care of our, the rest of the segment without taking a breath. And that's uh, Ray, who joins us on the show. What's going on, Ray? How are you? Steve, I'm, I'm doing better than you, my friend. Um, you're in my prayers now. I'm going to make sure I, I, I keep you in my prayers. you got to get that voice back. You're a true warrior coming in and doing the job, even though you're feeling less than 100%. But, uh, you know, if I can take up some of the slack for you, by all means, no problem. Appreciate that. Thank you, Ray. Hey, you guys, you know, I'm just still, you know, reeling from that collapse by the Chargers Saturday night. You know, I'm a, I'm a, as Adrian knows, I'm a diehard Rams fan, but I'm an L.A. fan. I'm an L.A. fan because that's where I'm from. And, you know, they're, they're there and they're the other team that's there. And I root for them because they are my son's favorite team. When he was 
five, six, whatever it was, and we took him to San Diego. He was born in Long Beach, and we took him to San Diego for the first time. He fell in love with the place, became a Chargers fan, and so, you know, the first time we ever went to go see a game together was the Rams and Chargers when they were still at Qualcomm. So I could never really truly convert him to a Rams, but he does cheer for them with me, and I, I've really actually become a diehard Chargers fan as well because after Saturday night, I mean, I was hurting. I was like, I'm trying to hold back tears. I'm like, I'm so mad at this team, and I'm so angry because I really wanted them to win. And like you guys have been saying all along, and it's been said all today, I can't believe Brandon Staley still has a job right now as we speak. You know, this guy, with the way that collapsed, and it's not just Saturday. It's been a laundry list of things that have happened, you know, from, you know, in the Cleveland game when he barely got away with that and they missed the field goal a year ago with the Raider game last year when they didn't make it into the, when they didn't make it into the playoffs. They could have went in with a tie because he called timeout, you know, and this game coming up, you know, when on Saturday night, or actually should pass, when this game happened, everybody talks about all the things that didn't happen in the second half. For me, I don't know if you've heard this already, but for me, where this all began and the collapse began. If you remember, it was the last series before the end of the first half. They had 30 inches. You got a six, what, six, four quarterback. You had 30 inches. Just get the first down, keep the drive going, or eat up the clock in the half end. What do you do? You run a jet sweep with Bandy, a practice guy, and he didn't even know he was supposed to get the ball. If you remember the play, he turned his shoulder. He didn't know he was supposed to get the handoff. So you get cute at that moment, and you get a loss because the ball was fumbled and they recovered it. Now you gave the Jaguars ball the ball back right before the half where they come down and they score a touchdown and they build some momentum. That's where the collapse began, in my opinion. And then everything happened in the second half. The only thing I can say, and I truly say this with my heart, the only thing I can say for the second half in defense of the Chargers somewhat, even though their debacle was all on them, and especially Justin Herbert, and the play calling by Staley, was if you look at the first half, how tight. And there was a lot of, you know, you heard Tony Dungy say it all night long that some of those pass interference that weren't called should have been called because there was a lot of contact going on in the first half. However, being a referee myself here in the city for basketball and volleyball, as a referee, you try to set the tone for the game so the players know how you're going to call it. Well, in the first half, those referees set that tone, and they were letting them play physical, and they were letting that contact happen. But then all of a sudden, the second half, you're seeing flag after flag after flag for any bit of contact, and it was 10-2 to 2 flags in favor of the Jaguars versus the Chargers. That was disgraceful. Wow. That cannot happen. Yeah, I mean, how you... many times, Steve, do you see a referee when Bosa got the first unsportsmanlike conduct? He, probably, he said something under his breath. We saw that in the replay. The referee usually just stays there, okay, throws a flag on sports. That referee ran in front of Bosa to make sure he threw the flag and Bosa saw him as Bosa's walking off the field. Yeah, I understand. So, I get you. I get you. But you want to know something? All things considered, you can't, you, you, you can't blow a 27 nothing lead. You can't oh, do no, it. Oh, no, no, no. You you're, can't do you're it. You're totally correct. Totally correct. And if I may just say, say this one last thing, because I know I don't want to take up all you guys' time, but, you know, in all the talk about coaching, yes, you cannot blow a 27-point lead in the playoffs. No, un- inexcusable, no, unacceptable, you know, no, no way that ever happens. But if you're looking for a coach, the Chargers aren't going to go out. They're not going to get Sean Payton. The Chargers' history, they're too cheap to go after getting the good coach. They're not going to give up their draft picks. They're not going to give up their picks for anybody. Yeah. That They've proven that already. Yeah. So what about if the Chargers – because Brandon Staley, he is a defensive coordinator. He was a defensive coordinator, as Adrian, you remember, for the Rams when we went to the Super Bowl against the Patriots. We held the Patriots and Mighty Brady when they had a great year that year. 
we held them to 12 points and only one trip in the red zone in the fourth quarter. That's what Brandon Staley is. Quit trying to be an offense. Why do all these defensive coordinators who become head coaches all of a sudden think they can run offenses and start calling plays behind that you know, play sheet that they have that hides their mouth? Brandon Staley is a defensive coordinator. So keep Brandon Staley as your defensive coordinator and try to go out and hire Eric Bieniemy from the Kansas City Chiefs who knows that team better than anybody and knows the division better than anybody. Now, why do you want a defensive coordinator who just blew a 27 nothing lead? Because Brandon Staley is not, is not in full control of every little piece that's going on. For me, Brandon Staley is not calling the defense. He let that go. Yeah. He's trying to be an offensive coordinator. I've read too many things where I thought, why is Brandon Staley doing this? You know, be the defensive coordinator. Be in charge of the defense. Let go of that play sheet. I get it, but nobody, listen, over the defense. no head coach is going to take a demotion and go to a coordinator job. Nobody. Nobody I, is I, just going to do know. that. So, but I appreciate it, Ray. i got to move along, man. Thanks for the phone call. Uh, 19 in front of 7 as we continue here on Sports Talk. The Cowboys have scored, by the way, Dalton Schultz, a 22-yard uh, touchdown pass uh, reception from uh, uh, Dak, and that's where we are right now. Adrian, 7 nothing Cowboys. Nice drive, nice runs by Tony Pollard. He now has 30 yards on the ground. He just got to get Dak going. He was 0-3 uh, for 3 to start off, uh, completed a trio of passes on that drive. All right, let's do this. Let's take our final break of the show. When we come back, Alonzo will, will wrap us up. He's got a really interesting set of takes. We'll do that coming up, so stay with us. Alonzo and our final countdown here on 600 ESPN El Paso.